hi everyone we finally done it and made a podcast to discuss our favorite celebrities so this is tristan speaking this is holly and this is more, more on, on her, her later. later okay love that we didn't even rehearse that so pretty much uh we just wanted to start a podcast to talk about some of our favorite female celebrities the celebrities we kind of love to hate hate to love um and particularly celebrities who are maybe a little more in the background or maybe side characters in some of pop culture's finest moments and they might be uh the girls who are more hated than loved um but those those are the ones that we're most drawn to so today we're going to be talking about lisa marie presley but uh we can give you a few hints at who might be covered um, Tristan, who who would you love to talk about on the pod? Okay, I really want to cover the morally corrupt Faye Resnick. Of I course. just think it's like the perfect blend of the O.J. Simpson trial and Real Housewives lore. For sure. Uh, has she done anything specifically that's other than posing in Playboy uh, during the trial or right after that was morally corrupt? Well, she, of course, posed naked during the Playboy trial, as Camille said at the dinner party from hell but she also wrote a book um specifically like with a lot of scandalous details about nicole brown simpson and their relationship and she wrote it kind of during the trial and then the jury read it and the judge so she really kind of like impacted the trial a lot of people thought in a negative way especially considering nicole was supposed to be her best friend so and for the record, Camille also uh, posed naked for Playboy. So I would love to uh, speak eventually about Hilaria Baldwin. Um, she's one of my favorite grifters um, on the internet. She doesn't really have a job outside of the internet. She's a social media star um, and Alec Baldwin's wife and mother of um, eight to ten, I think, not eight, eight Baldwinitos, uh, her children. <laughs> so hopefully we'll, we'll get to her soon. Yes, and I'm also, I've noticed like a real resurgence on TikTok and social media of, and I want to be careful in how I word this, but of like Melania Trump (laughs) admiration. I think there's like an ironic conversation happening about Melania Trump and the Trump women, particularly her like old tweets, like Melania Trump pre the Trump presidency. I am fascinated by her and I, I think she has a really interesting perspective. I think talking about her is an interesting opportunity to talk more broadly about the Trump administration. Yeah, I mean, there's so much from her like Christmas decorations yes. with her Black Christmas to the time she tweeted a uh, blurry photo of a dolphin that said, what is she thinking? So, can't wait to talk about her. Um, yeah, but, you know, we won't give away too much uh, now. So, yeah, I figured I've started to get a few gray hairs. Like, it's time. Time to record a podcast. We it's... have a lot to share, and we're yeah. experts. <laughs> We're experts on not a lot of things, but we're experts on this, okay? And we've been looking forward to this and trying to think of a way to get into it, and we were going back and forth on what our first episode could be, and then, I mean, this is tragic, and let me just say, disclaimer, before we get into this, we admire Lisa Marie Presley. Yes! It's a tragedy that she has died, that she passed on so young. We're not, we're in no way, like, trying to poke fun. Uh, It's obviously very serious and very tragic, but... I think, like, with the news of her passing, she just is a perfect example of a woman that, like, you grow up with in the news and in tabloids, but you really don't know that much about. Like, there's something so mysterious about her. Um, Interviews are, like, pretty limited. She, for much of her life, didn't speak to the press at all. She's obviously Elvis's daughter, so she was born into an A-list family. 
but there's so much that like you just don't really know about her so we wanted to take the opportunity to dive deeper into Lisa Marie Presley's life and talk about her life her upbringing her marriages she was married four times and then some of the like I mean I don't want to use the word fun but some of the gossip and rumors and conspiracies about her life as well yes she really lived on another level uh, than the average person I mean feel like she probably wanted to keep some of that privacy because she was famous since the day she was born but uh, she didn't do a great job uh, keeping her life private because she always chose um, pretty famous uh, people to surround herself with so Tristan what is your experience with Elvis Lisa Marie the whole family in general okay so I like and my family my parents are not like I mean I don't even know what his stand community is called but we're not Elvis heads like I didn't really grow up listening to Elvis I mean I'm familiar with like the hits that you hear growing up on the radio and movies or whatever I know like on Saturday sometimes my mom would watch his like beach movies once in a blue moon but I, I like I'm not that that familiar with Elvis but I do remember in the fifth grade we had to do projects like you had to pick a musical artist and you know make a Bristol board piece collage of them and like do a little presentation and a girl in my class I won't say her name in case she's out there she did Elvis and she was like a hardcore Elvis fan her mom was a hardcore Elvis fan she had like merch and all kinds of stuff and I it just like sticks in my brain and the one fact that sticks in my brain is that he liked and I hope I'm not getting this wrong but it was like deep fried peanut butter yes. and banana sandwiches. I yes, a why. lot of restaurants, including the Early Bird in London, have the Elvis uh, special on the menu, and it's like a deep fried peanut butter French toast. Um, yes, I don't know why delicious. that's like ingrained in my mind, but, and then of course it's like you hear the jokes about like him dying on the toilet. Like, yes. I'm sorry to say it, but it's Which, like you, you like, grow I, up with that joke. I mean, like, we Simpsons could do a podcast stuff. on just that alone, um, but... You know what we could do a podcast on? Okay, maybe we'll cut this out. But his like his dating and marriages and his relationship with Linda Thompson, mother yes. of Brody Jenner and sometimes friend of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Linda Thompson. So Of course. Well, we could do a Linda Thompson episode because she's an icon. Um, so what you're saying, let's just confirm, is that you uh, had a classmate who did a Bristol board on Elvis. And that's about as deep okay. as it gets for me. And then as far as Lisa Marie, it's like... Definitely remember her on tabloids. Like, I feel like she was, like, a National Enquirer staple growing up. And then also on, like, random, on a Saturday afternoon, you're watching, like, VH1 Top 10 of the 90s, and it talks... (laughs) Like, I do remember seeing television programs about her relationship with Michael Jackson. So I knew her in that way of the way that we talk about Michael Jackson, you know? Like, as a, like, kind of bizarre, Mm -hmm. secretive celebrity, like, shock factor moment. Yeah, like I, I when I was a kid, I'm like, so he was married to these women, but that's not really meshing totally. with what I know about him. So yeah, it's like, and, why did she do that? Okay, last thing. Um, I do also know her peripherally through Riley Keough. Yes. So I, I'm familiar with Riley Keough, and I know that Riley, Priscilla, and Lisa Marie were on the cover of Vogue once. <laughs> Love that. So I have a bit of a different experience with Elvis, wherein that I'm a huge fan, and so were my parents growing up. I didn't know that about you. Yes. Okay. So love his music. His voice iconic. I would watch his beach movies, like your mom sometimes, because they'd play them on Much Music on the weekends. You or know what they would have? MMM three. This might even be a type. Like they would. His movies are the ones with a clam bake. Yes. Which is something I've only heard of in movies and TV. Like, what does that even mean? But <laughs> continue. Okay, so then the movie came out, right? Elvis, went to see it, loved it, became obsessed again, went down the Wikipedia uh, rabbit holes. And so Lisa Marie, love her, but 
for me, she's almost like the, maybe the least interesting one in the family, because you've got Priscilla with her crazy life, and then you've got, um, well, I'm a big fan of Riley Keough, uh, because she's been in such great shows, like The Girlfriend Experience and Mad Max, and she's going to be in this new adaptation of Daisy Jones and the Six. Um, but Lisa Marie's kind of like at the center of all that. She's just like the perfect, glamorous granddaughter of Elvis, and I mean, she she kind of saw it all, so... I'm excited to talk about her. She actually was a bit more interesting than I thought when we did some research about her. Um, I was a bit more into Priscilla after seeing the movie, but um, let's get into it. So Tristan, tell us a little bit about Lisa Marie's early life. Okay, I'm going to run through kind of facts about Lisa Marie's life and then we can discuss further. We've got a few different things to talk about, but just quickly. So Lisa Marie Presley was born February 1st, 1968 in Memphis, Tennessee to Elvis and Priscilla Presley, nine months to the day of their wedding. So, fun fact. Um, Elvis and Priscilla divorced when Lisa Marie was four years old. She spent most of her childhood living with Priscilla in Los Angeles, but she did frequently visit Elvis at Graceland in Memphis. Um, That's, of course, his home. It's now like a major tourist attraction that you can still go visit. She actually was with Elvis when he passed in August of 1977. She was staying at Graceland. Uh, She was only nine years old, so that's obviously super tragic. Um, And after his death, she became the joint heir to his estate alongside her grandfather and great-grandmother. And by 1980, they had both passed, so she became the sole heir. And on her 25th birthday, she inherited Elvis's $100 million estate. So she obviously became supremely wealthy um, in 1993. So even to adjust that for inflation, it's more than $100 (laughs) million. You know, like supremely, supremely wealthy at a very young age, at 25. Um, she actually ended up selling 85% of his estate in 2004, but she did keep Graceland or at least a stake in Graceland. So she still is heavily involved with Graceland. And I do believe up until her death, she still visited and stayed there occasionally. So still had ties to Graceland. Um, another random fun fact, and you can see it at Graceland is Elvis actually had a plane called the Lisa Marie. Um, super cute, but anyways. She also did get involved in music. I mean, this is something that I guess followed her throughout her life. Obviously, she's Elvis's daughter, um, so people always wanted to know if she was going to get into music. She did release her first album in 2003. It reached number five on the Billboard 200, so, you know, pretty successful. Um, Her second album came out in 2005, and it reached number nine, and then she had a third album in 2012 that peaked at 45. I'm going to stop you right there regarding her music. I just think, you know, if she didn't have the last name Presley, I've listened to some of the songs and um, they wouldn't have been getting on the (laughs) Billboard 200. But, you know, she had a good go of it. Thanks for your input, Lisa Marie. Okay, for this podcast, I also did research her music and it definitely was giving rock chick energy. There's something so rock chick about her. Like, even old clips and photos from, like, the early 2000s. Because, okay, so what you all should know is she really didn't start doing press until 2003. So for the majority of her life... I saw a quote, it was like she, People Magazine called her like the most reclusive A-list child on the planet. Like she was very, very sheltered and did not give press interviews until she kind of started her music career. I mean, I guess maybe with the Michael Jackson stuff in the 90s as well. Um, but as far as one-on-one interviews, it really didn't start until the 2000s. And she just has such a early 2000s rock chick vibe of like chunky highlights smoky eye like yeah a bit of a scowl hair leather jacket oh yeah the music video so (laughs) slay okay continuing um she also did participate in like an elvis greatest hits gospel album she contributed vocals to a couple of elvis songs that were previously unreleased so they're kind of like duets between her and elvis which is cute and another random fun fact that i 
read about because I too, you know what? I do have peripheral knowledge of Priscilla as well as just kind of like a glamour girl of the 60s and 70s. And one thing that I didn't know until recently is that Priscilla actually dated and became seriously involved with Robert Kardashian. After divorcing Elvis. After divorcing Elvis. So she dated Robert while Robert was on a break from Kris Jenner, um, (laughs) which is pretty iconic if you ask me. And apparently he really wanted to marry Priscilla and she refused because she had a rule or she had promised Elvis (laughs) that she would not remarry while he was still alive. I don't know if that was about her like keeping her last name or I don't know, I don't know, but she refused to marry Robert uh, and Robert ended up getting back together with Kris Jenner and the rest is history. But somehow the Kardashians like find their way into everything. Hollywood is such a small town. Yes. Okay. Continuing, um, shortly after Elvis's death, her mother, Priscilla Presley, began dating actor Michael Edwards, who Lisa Marie Presley alleges was sexually inappropriate towards her. So this is also super tragic and something that comes up in a couple of her interviews from around 2003. Um, she alleges that he had made really gross comments towards her and he'd like get drunk and come into her room, just really, really sick stuff. So Yeah. And I'm going to jump in and say that, unfortunately, this seems to happen sometimes with like a step-parent taking advantage of the relationship with like a younger child and after this and uh she had come out about it he wrote a book called priscilla elvis and me um and it seemed that everybody was writing uh books about elvis tell-alls um even if they just like casually knew him and he ripped off the title from priscilla's memoir which is called elvis and me and that's a fantastic memoir um there's lots of good podcast episodes about that you should look it up uh, she had a whole like other can of worms of her life and Elvis did control her a lot and that's I'm probably thinking why he didn't want her to remarry while he was still alive it was just all about controlling her and he met her when she was very young so it, it worked pretty well totally and I only bring up I should say I only bring up the allegations of abuse to paint the picture or to try to illustrate that Lisa Marie um, was very open about her childhood being rocky. Obviously, she lost her father very young. She was moving around a lot, didn't spend a lot of time in school for like long periods of time, mentioned that she really didn't have a lot of friends growing up, um, and then, of course, had to face abuse, which is horrible. Um, but these things definitely influence her adult life as well. One thing that is a big theme in her life and (laughs) is something that I am like currently obsessed with because I'm reading the book Going Clear which is like the definitive book about Scientology it's actually the book that they made the HBO documentary about yes fantastic documentary the book is really good too I'm about halfway through but a lot of this stuff and she comes up a lot in the book so what you guys should know is that she joined Scientology some of the information I found was a bit conflicting but she joined in the late 70s after her father's death, so sometime around 1977. Some reports in some of her own interviews say that it was after she got involved with drugs and alcohol, pretty heavy, pretty young. She says she was a teenager and rebelling um, and got into uppers, downers, cocaine, alcohol, all kinds of stuff in Hollywood as a 16-year-old, 15-year-old, however old she was. Um, And she credits Scientology with keeping her sober. And I have a quote here, were it not for Scientology, I would either be completely insane or dead by now. So some sources say that Priscilla actually put her into a Scientology center, dropped her off at the Celebrity Center in Los Angeles to get sober, and that's how she got involved with her religion, because Priscilla was also involved in Scientology at the time. Other reports say, in another interview I found of Lisa Marie's, 
was that she had met John Travolta on a movie set. Her and her mother had met John Travolta and began a friendship with him, and he kind of introduced them to Scientology. So there's a bit of conflicting information. I do have one quote from her 2003 Playboy interview here. <laughs> um, they ask her, how did you and your mom get involved in Scientology? And she says, quote, I dabbled in it for a bit and then ran off to be a spiteful teenager. I rediscovered it when I was 17. I'd spent three nights awake, having been on cocaine for 72 hours. Eventually, my mom kicked me out of the house and made me stay at the Scientology Center. So, yeah. Ended up in Scientology. (laughs) Spent time, obviously, at the infamous Celebrity Center in Hollywood, if you guys are familiar with the building. Um, (laughs) Remained a member for many years. She did a lot of advocacy work with Scientology, opened the Literacy, Education, and Ability Program in 1997, and then... She actually addressed a congressional hearing in opposition to the use of ADHD medication in children. And the reason this is notable is because what I'm reading and going clear is that Scientology is really, or L. Ron Hubbard, the founder of Scientology, he was really anti-psychology and psychiatry. So listen, I don't want Scientologists to come after me, but allegedly, and from what I understand at least, um, Scientologists are very opposed to any kind of psychiatric medication yes um, and medical intervention tom cruise has a famous interview where he talks about if your hand is slammed in a car door in scientology they would just tell you that's a blessing and just sit with the pain and don't ice it and don't go to the hospital like that was his example and that's how he says he does all of his crazy stunts because he just um knows that the pain is a gift so again adhd medication anything like that is not going to be a flying in scientology for sure. So just to kind of give some talk context to some of this quote unquote advocacy work that she was doing, a lot of it is rooted in kind of fundamentals of Scientology. Anyways, anyways, anyways. Um, another thing I wanted to know is between 20, 2010 and 2016, she lived in a 15th century manor house in Rutherfield, England with her family. Um, the house was 15 miles east of St. Hill Manor, which is the British headquarters of the Church, inside, church of Scientology. So she was obviously deeply, deeply ingrained in the church. It's not that she was like a casual member or read a couple books, took a couple classes, she clearly was very deeply ingrained. And it is important to note that the Church of Scientology, at least according to Going Clear, really targeted and made a point of attracting celebrities yes. as a means for attracting regular folk. Like they, they really wanted big names and people alleged that celebrities didn't face the same treatment or some of the negative experiences within the Church of Scientology that the average member did because the church wanted to protect celebrities and make sure that they stayed. So anyways, I don't want to get too, too much into Scientology, but just gives you some context into celebrities' relationships with the church. Yeah, and if we continue this podcast, um, I'd love to one day speak about Shelley Miscavige, Leah Remini, yes, uh, Elizabeth Moss. What is going on there? Elizabeth Moss. Why? Why is she still a Scientologist? Totally. Danny Masterson and Bijou Phillips. I want to talk about Bijou Phillips so bad. Yes, well, I hope that she's left. No, I think, like, she's married to him. Like, they're... Anyways, also, okay. you know what? While we're here... So, let me continue, and then we're... Well, we'll circle back to that, but... She seems to have left the church sometime around 2014. Some reports are conflicting. Um, she did come out and say that the church took advantage of her. Quote, they were taking my soul, my money, my everything. Um, the reason I say it's conflicting is because... And we'll get to this a little bit more too, but she did go through a divorce in 2016 and her husband, now ex-husband at the time, cited Scientology as one of the reasons for filing for divorce. He even went as far as to say that Lisa Marie Presley and the church were targeting him and ruining his reputation, which is a well-documented tactic of the church um, for those who leave. 
For sure. And you know what? If you're a celebrity in Scientology, you have to give a lot of money to Scientology. And the Presleys were famously terrible with their money. So after she received her $100 million uh, estate from Elvis, it was squandered pretty quickly. Guessing Scientology uh, jumped in on that. So who knows? That could cause a divorce as well. For sure. For sure. And then just to circle back to Danny Masterson, (laughs) I didn't know this, but of course, Danny Masterson is embroiled in a number of and who is Danny Masterson, assault. for those who don't know? He's an actor from that 70s show. <laughs> yes, the guy with the glasses from that 70s show. That's what I know him from. And yeah. I'm sure he's in other things. But yeah. he is, of course, I mean, today he's still facing a number of allegations of sexual assault and rape. Yeah, which is why stuff. I'm surprised. I didn't know his wife had st- stayed with him through that. But, yes, um, but good for them, I guess. <laughs> what I read is that Lisa Marie actually, on behalf of the church, reached out to one of his accusers and. Um, convinced the accuser to not report the incident to police so at least post 2014 she was still doing some work with the church and helping danny masterson beat this case which is pretty disturbing interesting and not to make this a scientology podcast but one of the things they do in scientology is collect collateral on you through your um sessions you're auditing yeah so they have a lot of shit on you which is why i think you know maybe they can call in some favors if uh They've collected all of this uh, yes, blackmail and, on you. I mean, we'll get into this as well, but the, <laughs> the ex-husband I mentioned earlier yes. from 2016, he also, went, when they got divorced, Priscilla pressed charges alleging that she had found child pornography on his computer, um, police did an investigation and didn't find anything. He alleges that this was a plant by the Church of Scientology to just oh, try to ruin his reputation. So anyways, 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 let's uh, get into yeah. her, let's get into her marriages. Yeah, so you might um, know a few of these guys. You might not know a few of them. Let's start with her first marriage to Danny Keough, uh, father of Riley Keough. So they met in 1988 um, through Scientology when she was just 17. And uh, they had two children, uh, Riley. Their first child was actually born nine months uh, after their wedding, just like she was born nine months after uh, her parents got married. And they had another son, Benjamin. Um Sadly, Benjamin committed suicide in 2020. Um, And yeah, not much more to say on that other than I can't imagine the immense uh, pressure and intensity of his family life. And he also looked a lot like Elvis. And I just feel like he was a musician too. You know, you don't want to speculate, but it's just you can only imagine being in this family, uh, how difficult that would be. So they remained very close and they stayed married for uh, how long was that? Um, they stayed married six years they stayed married for six years and 20 days after that she was married to Michael Jackson uh, but she always stayed close with Danny Keough so Michael Jackson um, for those who don't know is one of the uh, most popular artists of all time and there's a lot of speculation around this marriage as well because um, if you know anything about Michael Jackson he was a really complicated person and uh, this marriage didn't make a lot of sense to the general public. They first met in 1975 when she was seven at one of his concerts and they reconnected when she was of age. Uh, Let's see, they uh, moved into Trump Tower right after getting married and she still stayed very close with her ex-husband. Tristan, do you want to speak to anything between her and Michael? Yes. So this was super shocking at the time, and they didn't tell anybody that they were getting married. Priscilla actually called her and was like, according to Lisa Marie, she was like, 
there's helicopters circling my house. People are saying, you married Michael Jackson. What's going on? And Lisa Marie started laughing and was like, I did. So definitely a big shocker. And this also, to give you some context, this was right in the middle of the first round of allegations against Michael Jackson of sexual abuse on minors. So, or... Yes, yeah. yes. So this and this was, was 1993, heat, and yeah, it's 1993, yeah. and this is in the heat of all of that. So, I mean, at the time, I think popular opinion believed that this was like a last ditch effort to maybe showcase his heterosexuality, um, a cover up, a distraction, a distraction. Yeah. She obviously has a big A list last name. It was like just like a total melding of A list stratospheric celebrities. And a, a really good distraction for what was filling newspapers at that time about Michael Jackson. Yeah, and you know what? Um, they say that you kind of repeat patterns from your familial, maybe parental relationships and your romantic relationships. And, you know, who's on Elvis's level but Michael Jackson himself. So she says that she truly loved him and they had a sexual and a romantic relationship Although she kind of laughs when she says it in the interviews, um, you can kind of see why the attraction to him would be there. Her mom married the most famous performer of her time, and she uh, followed suit. Yes, and this is something that comes up a lot in kind of discussions of Michael Jackson or people who knew Michael Jackson is Lisa Marie Millie really makes a point in her interviews of saying that he is so different behind closed doors, um, and he did a really good job of victimizing himself so she felt bad for him and really believed that he was misunderstood she maintains that she did not see any inappropriate behavior on his behalf she did not see any drug use either um, but that she encouraged him to settle out of court and enter rehab if he did have an addiction problem so that's a big and it, it has come out that he he was on drugs at that time similar yes. to the ones elvis was on in terms of like opioids and sleep uh sleeping pills but she maintains that she was able to fall in love with him out of her like desire to help him or fix him in some way yeah and she said they spoke a lot during their relationship um about his fears of you know turning up turning out like elvis dying young and i think they ended up dying at pretty similar ages in the same way yeah. Yes, and it totally, it's like, I can see how they would be able to relate to one another because they obviously both had extremely unique childhoods that most could not relate to. They both grew up in the glow of Hollywood. Um, they both grew up under intense scrutiny, obviously Michael as a performer, but Lisa Marie as Elvis's daughter. So I can see how they would maybe feel like you're the only other person who can understand these things and yeah. I think that often happens in and I think she wanted to intervene like the way she couldn't save her dad it's like maybe I can totally. save him like the most famous man the, the king of pop and what did they call Elvis king of rock I don't know maybe <laughs> <laughs> so okay then she has a they eventually break up she says that it became too much everything with Michael was overwhelming her and she was quickly um, engaged again to a musician but they broke it off after she met um, another famous uh baby and or what do they call them nepo babies nicholas cage famous in his own right but he's also nicholas cage coppola of course so they married uh soon after and they divorced even sooner after i believe it was like within um under a year i think yeah. it was under six months how long yeah was it? so the timelines are super <laughs> tight here but so pretty much and just to go back to michael she also makes a point of saying that she felt at some level very manipulated by him and that he, yes. he really used her as like a chess piece in the press game. 
um, to manipulate the press. So she says that she started to wake up to what he was doing and she started to feel like a bit of a piece of meat. She also mentions the iconic 1994 VMA kiss. There's this really awkward clip. I will upload it on Instagram after this, but of them kissing on stage at the VMAs and that was kind of their public debut. Uh, and she says she really didn't feel comfortable with it. He really pressured her into it. And that's when she started to realize that he was kind of using her to yeah, appease for the his public image. or to improve his image. So she divorces Michael Jackson in January of 1996. So they were married for like under two years. Um, she says he would disappear for weeks. Um, they really weren't getting along. She doesn't get into specifics of what was going on towards the end of their marriage, but she says it really, really, really wasn't good. Um, and then in November 1998, she's engaged to this musician. She breaks it off immediately after meeting Nicolas Cage. Her and Nicolas Cage get married in August 2002, and he files for divorce in November of 2002. So, so three months, four months? <laughs> very, very tight. And it, so the divorce wasn't finalized until 2004, but one little tidbit that I found in interviews and she admits to this is that they would just have these explosive fights um and during one of their fights they were on the beach and he actually threw her $65,000 ring in the ocean they did send a scuba diver after it scuba diver was unable unable to find it so <laughs> Nicolas Cage just bought her another one wow which must is be crazy. nice <laughs> yeah yeah, he's, I mean, he's an interesting fellow, too. I mean, we were going to focus on women on this podcast, but I'd love to get into his life. He has been married five times, and uh, apparently he was jealous of her fame, even though he was very famous. Yes, and there's also rumors that he was, like, a huge Elvis fan, so he kind mm, of yes. fetishized the idea of marrying into the Presley family. Another thing I wanted to mention... But, okay, to be fair, who's not a huge Elvis fan? Maybe Tristan, but um, the rest know, of the world at that time, it'd be, you'd be hard-pressed not to find a huge Elvis fan uh, while you're dating and looking around oh there was one more thing i was gonna say about the elvis stuff i mean she does mention in interviews that he really wanted a child again to maybe kind of prove his heterosexuality and he had even mentioned to her that debbie roe this nurse was willing to have his child of course after they divorced debbie roe was pregnant within, within that year yes, so six he months. did really move on that and she has made some little comments that she does she doesn't think they uh you know, maybe conceived it naturally. Yeah, yeah, she might have been more of a surrogate figure. Um, and her and Michael did maintain a relationship moving forward. She says she did keep in touch with him sporadically, uh, and she was really devastated by his death in 2009. Um, yeah, so, okay, she's staying close with her first husband and the father of her kids, Danny Keogh, this whole time. Um, he was the bassist in her band, and he lived in her guest house. So kudos to her, because um, that sounds like a nice, healthy relationship that she always had. Finally, she gets married for the last time in 2006 to her guitarist, Michael Lockwood. And Danny was the best man, so love that. And they gave birth to twins in 2008, Harper and Finley. So what would that make them now? They're, they're still quite young, which adds to the whole tragedy of this situation. Um, they filed for divorce 10 years later in 2016. And uh, Tristan, do you want to explain how the, the divorce went down? I'm not so clear on this. Yeah, so I mean, I guess I already kind of spilled <laughs> the beans on this one. But so Priscilla Presley alleged to police that she found inappropriate images of children on Michael's computer. Um, an investigation was launched. Police were not able to come up with anything. Um, and again, 
um, Michael alleges that this was all kind of like a Scientology plot. Which, honestly, it sounds far-fetched, but I can buy it. Because I can buy it they are dirty, dirty church. For sure. And another thing about, I mean, not to get too far into the Scientology hole, is that, like, they will make you confess, confess, confess things until, like, ultimately they're getting you to even make up confessions or confess to things in past lives. Yeah. So some of the information they have on you may not even be rooted in reality Reality. (laughs) you know so just something to keep in mind as well um speaking by the way of that kiss we just watched it with michael jackson at the vmas um it really gave me the vibe of like when you see in his music videos and he's like trying to romance a woman and he kisses her and it's just like so fake seeming so again i really encourage you to check out this video and see if what you think of the kiss do you buy it yeah (laughs) totally i mean i don't buy it not yet. I think the whole thing was... Okay, well, sorry, you know, it's our first time, so we need a few bumps. Okay, let's get into some just, like, gossip, just some scandals. And again, this is all said with love. We love Lisa Murray, and we just are so fascinated by her life that we just have to gossip about it. Totally. Yeah, I mean, there's something, again, like, very reclusive and mysterious about her. Um, Priscilla also... Yeah, I mean, it's the whole thing. It's all of them. Um, yeah, so... Again, she was a recluse for most of her life. In 2003, to promote her album, she did do Rolling Stone and Playboy interviews. She, in the interviews, is very careful in the way that she talks about Elvis. She has never spoken about the day of his death or those specifics. Um, She, of course, is always asked about... Now, wait a second. I actually read something about the day of Elvis's death, and she had quite a lot to say. She said that she was alone at Graceland, and he had a girlfriend, but she wasn't there. And Elvis died, and she... I don't know if she found him. Someone found him and told her. And then she had to call his girlfriend and get her to come home and be like, and she was hysterical. And Lisa Marie had to say to his girlfriend as a nine-year-old, like, get your shit together. Like, the press is about to be here and, like, you need to get it together. So that's what she said about the day's death. (laughs) I buy it. Um, Again, I mean, I already mentioned there's rumors that Nicolas Cage was a huge... Well, I'm on Nicolas Cage's Wikipedia page and it does say Cage was an Elvis fan and he used Elvis as his inspiration for his performance in Wild at Heart. Yes, and he is known for, like, I know he's known for collecting bizarre artifacts and antiques and stuff. So I think there were some rumors that he, like, had Elvis memorabilia. Um, He's also obsessed with Superman, and he named one of his kids, like, Cal Anon, which is, like, a Superman thing. So, anyways, we love him. So she also, another random, like, Hollywood fact, it's funny how these things are always connected. She lived in a house in L.A. that was originally owned by Robert Blake, who's of course the actor who was acquitted of murdering his second wife, Bonnie Lee Bakley. He was found guilty in civil court, I believe. So, I mean, just a random Hollywood connection, but um, she did a couple iconic interviews, one with Michael and Diane Sawyer. um, And then she has like songs talking about her upbringing, obviously. And one that I found that she talked about in an old Playboy interview mentions the Graceland graveyard. So in the backyard of Graceland, there are a number of Presley family members buried. Um, and she mentions in the interview that she has a spot there. And now we know that is where she is being buried. So Yes, they've said they'll be having the funeral very soon on the front lawn of Graceland. So, yeah. It's kind of a sad And she even mentions circle. in this interview, like, I'll get more tourists to Graceland that way. And I don't think she's being funny. I think it's, it just goes to show, like, it's, there is something so bizarre and 
exploitative about your childhood home being turned into a tourist attraction and the knowledge that you would only add to that attraction if you were to pass on, which is just like such a bizarre thought to have if you're her, you know? Yeah, I gotta say, I, I can't really relate to that. I just can't imagine. <laughs> no, and to, I mean, to grow up, I mean, to grow up with family members buried in the backyard, that alone is like... Yeah, I feel like, you know, some rich people, that's the way they do it. Um, I found out that she was really close friends with Sarah Fergie Ferguson, the uh, no Duchess way. of York. Yeah, they were besties until her death, and Fergie's very upset about it. And of course, we're not talking about Fergie from the Black Eyed Peas. She actually um, took her name because she loved Fergie the Duchess. She may have the same thief. last name. Yeah, she's play plagiarizer. Uh, but I'm wondering, I'm like, what bonded these two random women together? I mean, one thing they have in common is they have these uh, really problematic, high-profile, pedophilic exes, Michael Jackson and uh, Prince Andrew. And I'm not going to say allegedly, because fuck both of them. And they were kind of used to being ridiculed by the public and not really famous for their own accomplishments, just kind of famous in relation. So anyways, they had a really nice friendship, it seemed. And um, I'd love to speak more about Fergie at a a later date. I am also, not to change the subject, (laughs) but I am fascinated by... Sarah, the Duchess of York. Yes. Sarah Fergie. Yes. Um, I watched a random like documentary about her on YouTube one day, and she all I mean, she of course is so overshadowed by everything to do with Diana, and because they were both in the royal family at the around the same time, I think much of Sarah's story has been forgotten. But there is so much scandal there that I think most people don't know about or talk about anymore. Yes, I just went on a deep dive about her the other day over Christmas. My mom, you know, she's obsessed with the royals and she's like, you gotta read about Fergie. So apparently right after, during the divorce, there's a photo of her getting her toes sucked by like this guy and it was sold for so much money. Anyways, then she gets kind of banished from the royal family. They're like, you're such an embarrassment. So she needs money. So she becomes this spokesperson for Weight Watchers. And that embarrasses them even further. And then just all throughout her life, it's like, then she's going on, get me out of here. I'm a celebrity UK. And um, and she actually yeah. wrote a book yes. many years ago. So she's kind of the first red-haired family <laughs> member to do it, if you think about it. Yes. But she wrote a book and she now is is like, I mean, she's around. She's in yeah. the good graces enough. I know Harry mentions in his book that Megan met her very early Yes, um, he's close with her kids, her kid, the cousins, Beatrice and yeah, Eugenie. Yeah, and the day that Meghan met the Queen, they were they were with Sarah, and she, I don't, I forget what the specifics were. It was like the Queen was coming by. They thought, oh, why don't we go say hi? So Sarah is still in the picture, which is fascinating. But okay, back to Lisa Marie. So as of recording this podcast, it is almost the one week anniversary of her death. So the last time she was seen was at the Golden Globe Awards, which was two days yes. before her death. And I will say. My TikTok, I, I ended up on Elvis Talk. I haven't even seen the movie, but... You I haven't seen the movie? Oh my know, God, sorry, Tristan. Sorry, it's so weird. good. You're going to love it. I don't know if I like searched something or what, but I started getting all of like this Elvis and Graceland content. Um, and I got all these clips of her at the Golden Globes. And it was like such a big deal that she was at the Golden Globes because, again, you don't see her too often. Priscilla was with her as well, as well as Elvis's manager. Mm-hmm. They were obviously there supporting the film and supporting Austin Butler. They spoke very highly of him. Um, but even in those clips... She didn't look well. She looked no. sickly. Yeah. Or I mean, that's horrible. But she did not look well. No, she, she had to. She standing. leaned on the guy, yeah, and she had to grab his arm to stand up. So 
And she did also, I don't know if it was that morning or that week, she was at Graceland and did sign uh, some autographs. And I did see a clip on TikTok that a fan took of that as well. And she, you know, she just did not look her best physically. Yeah, yeah. That sounds mean, like I'm talking about. But you know I, mean? I mean, like Tristan, she... are we going to re- get into the other TikTok theory you saw? Okay, so just so she... And we're, again, with love, with love. Yes. So she... Um... So, okay, before Tristan says this, of course, you know, with she's admitted to a lot of drug and alcohol issues. Um, there's been a lot of early premature death in her family. So, you know, it's not too shocking that, you know, sometimes those issues do catch up with you and you'll have a cardiac arrest. But uh, Tristan saw a TikTok that um, posed a different... Okay, yeah. So this is what I was going to say. Sorry. So she, just to be specific, she suffered a cardiac arrest at her home in Calabasas on January 12th. Her heart was restarted after CPR was administered en route to the hospital, but she died later that day at the age of 54, which is very young. Um, Elvis passed... At how old was Elvis when he passed? 40 something? He was 42. He was 42. Um, and he also died of heart complications. And well, we won't get into yeah. specifics, but it's tied to ultimately it was his heart. Um, but there's a few things to think about. I mean, immediately, I, just the world we live in, when I saw she passed and when I saw that she, well, when I first saw that she had gone into cardiac arrest, I was like, oh my God, here we go with the, I mean, I don't want to say it because I don't want them to come after me, but it's like, I know. Tristan, it's our first episode of our podcast. No one's going to listen to this. <laughs> I know the vaccine girls are going to come running, right? Like, it's a shit of cardiac arrest. I'm like, here they come. Yeah. I can like hear the mob yeah. blaming it on the vaccine, which I am actually, then I thought, and I was like, you know what? As a lifelong Scientologist, I would be curious if they get vaccines. Part of me thinks they wouldn't, but maybe well, I'll let you guys know if I finish okay. the book. Yeah. But so anyways, that's one thing. But you also have to keep in mind, of course, I mean, there is a history of drug abuse. Yes. At least in her teenage years. Um, She also, in some of the interviews that I read, and who knows if this is true up until her death, but she was a heavy smoker and drinker. Maybe not heavy. I shouldn't use the word heavy, but she was a smoker and she was a drinker. So not good. And there's a family history of heart problems in her family. Yes. (laughs) Preamble I to, saw okay. a TikTok. <laughs> Let me just say that I saw a TikTok in my and um, what the TikTok mentioned was that a number of members of the Presley family died prematurely from heart complications, whether cardiac arrest or heart, whatever it was, mm-hmm. including Elvis, of course. I believe like his mother, three of his uncles, like a number of members of the Presley family died. And why? Why was that, Tristan? And what this TikTok alleged was it was because Elvis's grandparents were first cousins. That is an objective fact that his grandparents were first cousins. Whether or not this has led to some sort of predisposition for heart issues, I'm not sure. For cardiac issues, I'm not sure. I I think the word used in the TikTok was inbreeding. So we're just going (laughs) to come out and say it. Um, Yeah. Make with... with that, what you will. <laughs> Make that what you will. But I mean, unfortunately, another thing I wanted to mention, I mean, in one of the interviews I read, it was like she had mentioned that, you know, someday she had dreams of writing her own memoir. And I just think it's so unfortunate that we didn't get that memoir because I know she had a lot to say. And I'm, I'm sure we haven't even scratched. I know we haven't even scratched the surface of her life or some of the specifics. There's so many years that are kind of like unaccounted for. Um, 
in the public at least so yeah and you know we've been talking for almost 45 minutes now and it's just felt like a breeze so i know i can't believe we're already at the end i wonder if anyone's still listening um anyways tristan i can't believe you haven't seen the elvis movie and you still wanted to talk about her like i I swear this movie reignited something in me first of all austin butler is just so damn good in it he embodies elvis in this crazy way but fun fact sophia coppola nick cage connection cousins is making a movie called priscilla and i don't know who's playing priscilla but jacob alordi is playing elvis in it so another actor is gonna get the chance I don't think he'll be able to come anywhere close to Austin I Butler. I know. You know what? That's unfortunate for him because the Austin Butler movie did just come out and he did so, like, he got such critical yes. acclaim. And then now you've got to get out there and do it too. But That's I think Sofia Coppola saw that and she thought, you know what? There's another side to this story and oh, it's Priscilla. Nothing oh. hits like a Sofia Coppola film. Come no. on. And like you said, she was like the original glamorous girl. I would just love to point out that Lisa Marie was so gorgeous, so cool when she was young, and Priscilla even more. Like, you know, that's who Lana Del Rey has yes, tried to emulate. Yes, I was just going to say that. We would, Lana Del Rey would be nothing. nothing. With Priscilla <laughs> Presley. The national anthem video, I believe yes. she's, she's dressed giving, up like her. She's definitely giving Priscilla Presley vibes. Yes. Like that whole, like, big hair, long nails. Eyeliner. Eyeliner, eyelashes, glam, 60s glam is so Priscilla Presley. So... I guess we'll end it there. This has been so fun. I can't believe how, you know, it's like once we get talking. Yeah. So give us feedback if you have any. Please let us know what you think. (laughs) Of course, we're still like finding our footing. Um, We definitely want to continue and we have some great ideas for future episodes, but this has been a lot of fun. And if this is the only episode we ever do, I have enjoyed it. It Yeah, but you know what? I just have a lot more to say. So we've got a lot to say. Okay. Thanks, everyone. Bye. I just can't help myself.